Welcome to the podcast of New Creation Christian Center. I am Pastor Marquise Franklin, and I am excited that you would take the time to listen to our latest sermons and what God is doing in this ministry. New Creation Christian Center is in Seattle, led by Pastor Harold and Annis Franklin. And our statement is, come as you are and be transformed by the word of God, as stated in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now, I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to be encouraged by the word of God that is going to be shared today. Check it out and share it with somebody that may need it. Now, let's get into this week's message. Change us into his image. And sometimes, well, let me, let me give you an uh, illustration. I bought a, <laughs> well, I bought a uh, mattress topper about five or six months ago. And we took it out, and nowadays they, they mail things to you. So the mattress topper was in a bag and then it was in a box. And I was thinking, man, how do they get that thing in that box? But anyway, so we took it out and it turns out it was too soft. And that means we had to send it back, right? And put it back in the box. So I was struggling. I mean, we struggled with this thing to get it in the bag. Once you get it in the bag, it's easy to get it in the box. But getting it in the bag was a struggle. And I think we we struggle, and Anderson and I both struggle with that for, I don't know if it was hours, but it just felt like it was. And so, and I say that because that's what God is doing with us. We really don't fit into his image. So he has to roll us up if you will, or actually, he has to take stuff out. And we say, no, don't take that. I like that. Don't take that one. You know, have you ever gone through your closet, or your mom or dad gone through your room and said, we got to throw some toys away or throw some things away. So let's go in the room and start going. And then they grab that. No, don't, not that. (laughs) No, not that. And then you go through, uh, then they look at, well, what do you want to throw away? Uh, you know, that's what happens. And that's what it's like as we're being molded into his image. But know this, God is molding you into his image. He hasn't taken a break. He's not on vacation. He is working on perfecting and molding you into the image of Christ. So don't be discouraged. Say it again. Don't be discouraged. So I'm going to just say a few things, give a couple of scriptures. So let's go to, um, first, let's go, yeah, let's go to uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And these are probably some scriptures that some of us have memorized over the years. And if you haven't, this is one that you should memorize. You've probably heard many, many people say it. And it says, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now that's obviously an analogy used from an agricultural perspective. And I know most of us aren't farmers, but I think all of us understand what that passage means. That means... As you do good, 
good is going to eventually come and you'll be able to recognize it. Just like a harvest comes after a farmer struggles through the sea. And the thing about a, a, a harvest season, it's only three months. So think of things as in our life as just seasons. And if you keep your mind, one of the things, one of the ways I was able to get through law school, you know, everybody said, well, you got three years of law school. That sounded too long. So I broke it down into nine quarters. <laughs> I said, no, I got nine quarters. And each quarter is only 10 weeks. So every 10 weeks, I was that much closer. Amen? So sometimes you got to keep the perspective so that you're not discouraged. Because let me tell you, I, I, I hate to say this because I know you all probably thought, oh, pastor, he was probably a good student. Look, I missed so many days in law school, I can't even count how many days I did not go to class because I was just worn out of going to school. This was like when I started law school, I'd been out of high school for six years, and then I got another three. I mean, I was just burnt out. And I was working, sometimes two jobs. We had one kid and got another one after I started law school. So I, I was just tired. So there were some days I said, I'm not going to class. <laughs> and then that became many days. And so, but I had to keep my eye on the prize. I mean, the thing about law school, though, we only had one test. And it was at the end. So they didn't care if you went to class or not as long as you passed the test. But, and I use that, and, I, and I'm not using that so that you can say, well, pastor got out of law school. I can do that in school. That's not my point. My point is I was discouraged, but I had to catch myself before I became so discouraged that I dropped out because that's really where I was on the verge. But I was so close, I knew I couldn't drop out. Many people would tell me, Harold, why don't you just quit school and go get a job? And there was an old song that I said, I'm too close. <laughs> I'm too close to turn back now. So I kept pushing on. And so if we remember that in due season, we are going to reap. We're going to become what God wants us to become. We should be encouraged. Amen? Amen. That's the first passage. So let's go to the next one. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, 36, and then chapter 12, 1 through 3. So let's stay so Hebrews, we have three passages. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. And it says this, let us hold fast. What does that mean? That means hold on, don't let go, don't give up. To the, the confession of our hope that it waver not, for he is faithful that promised. God is faithful. What is it that God has told you that you need to hold on to? Amen? That is one of the things, just the name of our church is one scripture you can always remember. He's gonna, he has made you into a new creation. And you might say, well, I don't feel new. I don't act new. I don't always do the new things. But hold on to that promise. And don't waver. 
Don't allow the enemy. The enemy is always looking for those opportunities where we become discouraged. We become worn out. We become tired. We become disgruntled. We become edgy. He looks for those opportunities to come and drop a bad word. And I'm not talking about a curse word. I'm just talking about a bad seed to try to plant destruction and discouragement and defeat into your life. So you can't allow those things, but you got to hold on. Let's go down a little further. Hebrews 10, 36. And I added 37 because 37 is like one of my favorite scriptures. But let me start at 35. It says, cast not away, therefore, your boldness, this passage says, but the old King James says, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For ye have, ne have need of patience, that having done the will of God, ye may receive the promise. See, all you have to, all you have to do is stay on the course. And you're going to receive the promise. Amen? And then the 37 says, For yet a very little while, and he that cometh shall come and shall not tarry. See, that's the promise that we're all holding on to. You know, uh, if you remember Jesus, when Jesus came, it was a long time coming. Right? I mean, read the Old Testament. You had Jesus was promised, really, in the garden. <laughs> but he didn't show up for another four or five thousand years. And here we are in year 2000, technically a little bit more than 2,000 years ago, and people are wondering, is he ever coming back? Well, this passage says, he that cometh shall come, and he shall not tarry, but he's waiting. There's an old, another old song, like I said, every time you get up here, you start thinking about these old songs. Wait a little longer. Master, too many of us still running around in sin. He said, wait a little longer, please, Master. Give us a few more days. Give us a few more days to get our loved ones in. So we should be glad that he's waiting. Amen. Because we're trying to get everybody we can under the shadow. It's not like the boat. Only eight get to go. This time it's whosoever will. Amen? So we got to remember, don't give up. Let your patience teach you how to possess the promises. Amen? Let's go to the next passage. It's in, oh, excuse me, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. And it says this, therefore, And this is after the, uh, as some people call it, the hall of faith in chapter 11. It says, therefore, let us also, seeing we are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race set, that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, or here it says perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame and hath sat down at the right hand of God, excuse me, right hand of the throne of God, for consider him that endureth such gainsaying of sinners against himself that ye wax not weary, fainting in your souls. Remember as we go through, remember what Jesus had to go through. Amen? Now Jesus, obviously, you said, well, Jesus was the son of God. That was what he was supposed to do. Well, he still had to contend to fight to finish the course that he was on. They wanted to throw him off the edge of the cliffs. They wanted to stone him. They wanted to kill him in all sorts of different ways. They wanted to do all sorts of things, but they couldn't do it until it was the time. So he had to wait to be crucified. But we have to wait to see God's perfecting power manifested in our lives so that we could be what he's called us to be. Amen? We have to be patient. Let's go to the next passage. It says, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And it says this, Therefore, my beloved brethren... Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. <clears throat> Don't think that living a holy life, living a set-apart life, living a sanctified life, as they used to say, which all means that you're not going to do what the world is going to do. Don't think of that as making you weird or different or anything, but this is what we're called to do. Yes, it's hard because people ridicule or mock you. I mean, look, you know, we've been teasing people ever since we were little. So that shouldn't really bother us by now. And teasing, as, as they used to say, sticks and stones, you guys know that, can break your bones, but words can never hurt you. Unless you let them. Unless you let them. Amen? And we're so, especially in this age, we're so opinion driven. That's why people on Facebook got all these, quote, friends. And folks don't know you. <laughs> they wouldn't know you if they saw you. And they're not your friends. <laughs> they just like what you say every now and then. But, you know, how many know that all of a sudden they don't, they unfriend you? And folks get behind, beside themselves because somebody unfriended them. Well, they weren't your friend in the first place. They don't know you. Only friends are the ones that know you. When you have a good friend, that's the person who really knows you and still likes you. It sounds like your wife or your husband, <laughs> but... But it's, at least it's them, but I, had a, I have a friend and have a few friends that know me and they know my weaknesses, they know my strengths, and they still like me when I mess up. And that's, those are your friends. But we're so, we, we, we love, we're now in so, I mean, 
we used to think popularity contests were big when I was growing. I mean, everything is, all the internet is a popularity contest. Who can you attract and be popular with? And now if you're popular enough, you can make money at it. But it's all a popularity contest because as soon as you say or do something they don't like, boom, it's all gone and it vanishes. And you're, you're, you're beside, but the Bible says don't be immovable. Be steadfast. Always abound in the work of the Lord. Knowing that your labor is not in vain. And that's not a popularity thing, but God says it's going to be fruitful. It's not going to be in vain. Amen? Next one we're looking at is first, Philippians 1, 6. It says this. I, I'm going to start at uh, where the sentence begins at verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Say that with me. God will complete the work that he started. That's what we need to hang on to. It doesn't matter that today you may have messed up. Or, or maybe you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Or maybe you haven't had the experience that you were seeking. I remember when I was uh, younger, I wanted to see angels. I said, Lord, I, I want, I'm praying. And I, I would get up and go in the, in the we had this upper room when, in our first house. And I'd get up and go up there. But then when I, when I thought it was close, I got scared. Because, <laughs> you know, the Bible says when the angels show up, it's no, it's no jokes. They're, they're powerful beings. So, you know, you, you sense something's happening, but then all of a sudden you get scared. So you turn the lights on, because usually I had the lights on. <laughs> but I'm, all I'm saying is, and I was seeking, and I never did see an angel, because that's really not important, really. Now that I know, that's not an important thing. Now it's a great experience, but that's not, that's not going to make me one way or the other when it comes to my walk with God. But I could have become discouraged because I never did see an angel. But I have seen God do other things in my life that were more important than just seeing an angel. So don't allow experiences that we're seeking that are, as, as, the, as we talked about, that are tarrying or waiting or taking time, discourage you from continuing to pursue God. See, the Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. That's really our goal, our quest, to hunger and thirst for righteousness. And he says, because they will be filled. Well, what is righteousness? Being in the place where you need to be with God. That's what righteousness is all about. 
So hunger and thirst for God, and he will give you the experiences that he has in store for you. Amen? There is no, you know, there's another passage, and I don't know where it is. It says, the Lord God is a sword and shield. He gives grace, grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold for them that walk uprightly. You know, that's a song, but that's also a passage. And I can't remember. I know it's a Psalms but I don't know exactly where it is. If you can Google it, you can find it real quickly. But so given all these things and the other things we need to do is begin to step out in faith and believe that God wants to and will use you in special ways, even in what you think is your inferiority or your lack in some areas. Look, let's be honest, all of us lack in some area. My dad used to, <laughs> used to tell me when I was going to job interviews, they would ask you a question, well, what are your weaknesses? He said, never admit you have any weaknesses. And that was just my dad, that was, that was who he was. But the reality is we all have them, amen? We have weaknesses, and the enemy magnifies our weaknesses to kind of keep us from doing what God has called us to do, and we can't allow our weaknesses to dictate our ability to obey what God has commanded us to do. Moses tried to let his weaknesses keep him from delivering the children of Israel, Right? He went through all his weaknesses. I can't speak. You know, what if they won't believe me? I don't want to go. All these excuses, but God was not going to let him get out of what he told him to do. And we cannot get out of doing God's will. If you love God more than you love anything else, you will do what he says, even though it's going to be a hard thing to do. Amen? But the question is, do you, have you gotten to the place where you love God more than you fear being embarrassed? Or do you fear acting in a place where God wants you to act that's not comfortable? Do you love him more? I've gotten to the place now, if God tells me to do something, I make excuses at first, but I always come back to, well, if I don't do what he says, it's not going to work out for me anyway, so I might as well just do it. Amen? I mean, there's no need of debating it. Well, God, I don't want to do it. Lord, this is not, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable. I don't do, you know, I might as well do it because if I don't do it, my life is not going to work the way I think it should work anyway. Amen? So I just have to just obey. Just be obedient. And I hope one day I, I, I get past the excuses, but I don't know if I ever will. Because we always have, you know, Lord, I'm too old for that. <laughs> and now that's my excuse. I'm too old. Let somebody young do that. <laughs> he said, you ain't that young, old. You were playing basketball the other day. <laughs> so if you're not too old to play basketball, you could do that. I said, well, you got me again. But we have to trust that God will use us in a special way. Let's, let's go to, and I'm almost done, John 14, 12. 
And this is one of those scriptures that we should hide in our hearts as well. And it says this, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Wow. You talk about a blank check. <laughs> now, obviously, you have to do those things that are pleasing in his sight. You have to ask those things that are in his will. But he, if you believe whatever you ask, he'll give it to you. And, and a lot of Christians qualify this passage, but there's no qualification in that other than his will has to be, it has to be in his will. And, and just imagine the first part, he says, you'll do the things that he did. Well, if you're not sure what Jesus did, go through the gospels. I mean, he did some amazing things, right? Raising people from the dead, healing people with leprosy. Casting out devils, healing the deaf, the blind, anything you named, the, the cripple, the lame, whatever it was, he did it. And so we have to believe that God wants to use us in the same way. But, and, and, and this is the thing. All we have to do is pray. We don't have to manufacture anything. We don't have to make up anything. We just have to pray and let God do the work. Amen? And I know some folks don't want you to pray for them, but that's fine. They, they're not going to get it if they don't want you to pray for them. I'm not saying it's only us, but we have to be willing to just do the little things. See, it's not, we don't have any ability to do the great things. God is the one that's going to do it. All we have to do is what he asked us to do, and all he tells us to do is lay hands on the sick. That's all. That's not hard, is it? But you just have to believe that when you lay hands, it's something's going to happen. Amen? And I know the world teaches us that, oh, you know, this is not the day of miracles. Well, I, as long as the Bible says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, I'm going to believe him. And I'm not going to believe the people that change that. Amen? I don't care if they have a collar on backwards or not meaning they're priests. That's what we call them backwards. I'm going to believe what the Bible says. And you say, well, what happens when you pray and nothing happens? I'm going to keep praying until something happens. Amen? Don't be discouraged. That's what this is all about. Because there's so much out there to keep us discouraged. There's so much out there that make us to make us not believe what the Bible says is true. But we have to not allow those things to change the way we believe. And as we do that, we will, in Galatians 6, 9, reap in due season if we don't faint. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. So don't be discouraged. Don't be... Don't... Always continue to do the good things, the right things, 
the things you know to do. Amen? Don't be discouraged. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for keeping us, protecting us, leading us and guiding us and showing us the way of righteousness. And Lord, I know sometimes we do get discouraged. Sometimes we do feel all alone. But you said you'll never leave us nor forsake us. So Lord, help us to remember, even though we don't sense you at that moment, to remember that you're always with us. And we ask for you to manifest yourself in our midst from time to time to continue to confirm your word that says you're always with us. Thank you for, Lord God, this, this short message to encourage us to keep our eyes on you, to not look at what goes on in our own personal lives that where we stumble and we fall, but we just want to get back up and continue to pursue you. We want to hunger and thirst for you, oh God. And so, Lord, I pray that you would touch our bodies, touch our minds, touch our hearts. Lord, if we need a healing in our body, we pray right now and we command our bodies to be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we will not allow sickness to dwell in our temple. So we kick it out right now in Jesus' name. And any infirmity or weakness, we command it to be strong. And we thank you for victory over all sickness, disease, physical ailments and conditions. Because your word says that every name, every name has to bow to the name of Jesus. So thank you for victory. Thank you for encouragement. Thank you for keeping our eyes stayed upon you so that we might be, remain in perfect peace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We thank you for listening to today's sermon. And we pray that you are impacted to become the new creation that God desires. We at New Creation Christian Center invite you to come join us for service Saturday at 7 p.m. or Sunday at 11 a.m. located at 5150 South Cloverdale Street, Seattle, Washington. Also, feel free to visit us online at newcreationwa.org. New Creation Christian Center, the path to genuine life where you can come as you are and be transformed by the Word of God.